0: We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers, and trainers, and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is Steph Bender. Steph's an eventing specialist, rider, trainer, and coach. How are you today, Steph?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good. 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 Steph, we normally start off with an inspirational quote or a quote that you often use teaching. Have you got one for us today?
1: I've heard a lot of really inspirational quotes in my time, and I don't personally have ones I always use. I just believe in working hard, training hard, and never giving up to achieve one's goals.
0: That's an inspirational quote in itself, working hard and training hard and never giving up. So (laughs) that's good. I think they're
1: important qualities that I have, Yeah.
0: Okay. Steph, tell us about how you first started with horses, what your first memories are.
1: I come from a completely non-riding family, so no one in my family has ever had horses before me. I got 10 riding lessons for Christmas when I think I was nine years old and we were living in Victoria. So I just went to riding school once a week and I liked riding the naughty ponies for whatever reason and we actually ended up buying one. Uh, A couple of years later from the riding school, even though I think she threw me off more than anything, but I loved her.
0: (laughs) Okay. So from the 10 lessons, did you just keep riding from there? Was there any sort of a gap?
1: No, there wasn't because I got 10 lessons for Christmas and I wanted lessons for Easter. Mid-year birthday, I wanted lessons. So somehow (laughs) I managed to get through the whole first year just asking for lessons (laughs) and then it sort of became a given. Yep, Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's really good.
0: All right, now going from, you know, having your first 10 lessons and then going on and having a career with horses, riding at four star, what sort of qualities do you think you had to do that and what sort of qualities are you looking at if people talk to you about a career with horses?
1: I think one has to be very dedicated to the sport, very dedicated to learning and progressing oneself dedicated to the sport and to horse, and also to horse management. If one's looking at a career in the horse industry, I think it's really good to learn from the best. I studied horse business management at Marcus Oldham College after I left school, and after that I went on to train with Stuart and Karen Tinney full-time and later on part-time, just learning all aspects of the business. Obviously, riding's a huge part of it, but it's also horse management and learning how to run a successful business.
0: All right. You've learned a lot from Stuart Tinney and Karen. You're there now, though, aren't you? You're running their facility now. So you've obviously... They've been keen to have you run their facility. You're obviously a good student.
1: I hope I am, yeah. um, I have tremendous respect for them. They're absolutely amazing in what they do, and uh, I think... Working for them has been ideal preparation for me starting my own business, and I'm very lucky to be able to start that business out of their facilities. So as of the 1st of August this year, I started my own business, um, adjusting training and coaching out of Moralia from their facilities, and yeah, it's going really, really well, and it's an amazing opportunity, and I'm very, very grateful to have them as my mentors and trainers.
0: Tell us about some business management tips that you've learned since you've been running a business that people come in and don't know when they start with horses.
1: I've always believed in trying to have a lot of knowledge and understanding of the equine industry nationally and also internationally. Um, I think communication skills are quite underrated at times. I think being able to communicate well with one's coaches, mentors and also one's clients is very, very important as it's not, not just the aspect and being able to train and understand the horses. One does also need to be able to get on and understand what people actually want as well.
0: Okay. So different owners and different students might want different things. Some students, when you're coaching them, I suppose some will want to go on and be competitive, whereas others just want to connect with their horse. Are you finding that?
1: Yeah, I think everyone has different goals for themselves and everyone also has different resources to be able to achieve that. And I think one just has to try, one has to work with them for what they want and with the means that they have to do that. Yeah, I've always found that the best students aren't necessarily the really competitive ones. It's the ones that really want to learn, like genuinely want to learn and want to train hard to do that.
0: Okay, okay. You've talked about Stuart and Karen. You know, they've influenced you in your career. Is there anyone else that you'd like to mention?
1: As an influence? Well, obviously my parents have been amazing. They had to get used to the whole horse thing. Mm. They've been really good in supporting me and supporting me during uni and helping me keep the horses in that time while I wasn't um, able to afford it all myself but Stuart and Karen would definitely be the most influential people. I've also just come back from co-managing a stable in Germany for four and a half years, and my boss and also my friend there, Jessica, she was also amazing at teaching me how to work with a very large quantity of horses and staff. Um, We had 74 horses and about 10 staff, so that was a really interesting experience as well.
0: Good. Good. And good for the business management, not just for the coaching. What other skills? You've got? talked about communication skills. Were you managing staff or do you have staff now that you need to manage and lead?
1: I manage a lot of staff and a lot of varying staff in Germany. I currently do not have staff here. I plan to have some in the future. But seeing as I'm still a very new business, i Want to try to keep on top of everything myself. That way I know exactly what's happening. Yep. So yeah, I find it very important.
0: Good, good. And you've talked about people who've influenced you. What about horses who've influenced you?
1: i had a couple of really nice horses that have been really important for me. I got my first full-sized horse when I was 15. She was six years old and we bought her quite cheap. Um, I was actually living in Germany at that time as well. and. We bought her. She hadn't done anything except be broken in, and she took me to my first one star, two star, three star, and later on four star. She was an amazing horse, and I was very lucky to, at the same point in time, actually be riding her daughter also at freestyle level. So that was an absolutely amazing time to have those two horses, and I've now just seen the most amazing opportunity to ride Cluto Mio, who won in Rio last year. His owners, John and Jane Piddard, have been amazing giving me the opportunity and Stuart obviously trains me with him and just very inspiring and I'd love to teach my horses to be as trainable and as rideable as Pluto. He's a lovely horse.
0: Good, good. Okay, now the mother and daughter combination that you said, what were their names?
1: The mare was called Lali too. She is still currently on my back paddock. She's 23 years old now. And her daughter was called Juicy Princess. Okay. They were amazing. It was really good.
0: Good, good. Now, what's been your proudest moment, Steph?
1: I probably have two standout moments. The first one, quite a long time ago, when I had Lali Lewin, and I think she was seven and I was 16, and we were riding one of our first one stars, which was state championships for juniors in Germany. And we just wanted to get through somehow, and she did an amazing dressage and actually ended up winning it and winning the whole thing there. And it was so unexpected that it was just such a memorable moment for me. And then on that same horse, I rode my first four-star at Adelaide and she went clear cross-country and was just a brilliant ride. And, yeah, it was incredible to be able to have trained a horse myself, basically, from when she was six years old all the way to four-star. Very proud.
0: Good. Good. So bringing on your first horse and, you know, your your horse and training it all the way to four-star, have you got tips for people who've also got that ambition? What would you tell them? If someone had a young horse and they said, I want to take this horse to four-star, what sort of plan would you put them on? What sort of things
1: would you be telling them? I think to have quality training and coaching is one of the most important things and to be very consistent in that. A structured training approach is very important. It's the only way the horses really understand what they're meant to do. Obviously, some horses are more talented than others, but I genuinely believe that the character of a horse is at least as important as its natural talent. So I think if one is lucky enough to have a horse that is sound and nice, then it is worth investing money for schooling and coaching because I Done it all by myself. I always had help along the way.
0: Okay. Steph, thinking about coaching now, what's a common problem that you see with your riders and um, or other people's riders and also how to fix that?
1: The biggest problems I see would be an inconsistency either in their approach or their training, the structure of that training, people swapping coaches too quick, not giving the coach a chance to have the time to improve the horse and rider combination and I think a lack of knowledge can also lead to misunderstanding. I think there is a lot of science backing horse riding a sport and I think the more knowledge one has the easier it is to be able to understand your coach and your horse and obviously patience is just as important in anything involving an animal. Okay,
0: Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. Steph, have you got a book that you'd like to recommend for the listeners?
1: It's it's really hard because there are a couple of equine books that I've reread and reread and reread but I had a look and I don't believe they're actually been released in English. Um, they've been released by the German Federation and are in German. So if anyone out there can speak German or read German, um, they're amazing books. Okay. Really good, but okay. sadly not in English.
0: All right. There's still the uh, you know the principles of writing, the German book there.
1: Yeah, it goes along those principles, definitely. I've always found them very good and they've also got a horse management book as well.
0: What's the difference, you know, thinking about keeping horses in Australia and you're managing an adjustments facility now, what's the difference or the main differences between keeping horses in Germany, in Europe, and then keeping horses in Australia?
1: Oh, it's completely different completely different the size of the country and also the weather we've got a lot more room here to keep horses on paddocks and larger paddocks as well as the weather to allow them to actually stay outside a lot longer in germany where we worked, they would go out for probably about six hours a day if the weather allowed it but three to four months over winter they would be stable full time and have to go into the walker just to stretch their legs in the morning whereas here we keep the horses on the paddocks full-time here 24 hours a day and I like it a lot better for the horses we've imported a fair few horses over from Germany and they all cope really well with the change and they're all happier being on the paddock and they also seem to have a better balance when they're on the paddock full-time just notice that they don't trip quite as much and also have less swelling in their legs from standing around
0: okay and what about feeds, the feeds that are available? What's the difference there?
1: Um, well, nutrient-wise, it's all fairly similar. If you look up the labels of the different brands, we feed Nutri-ice and cobb here, which we're really, really happy with. But it's more a solid-looking food, whereas in Germany, they all look more like a bit like breakfast cereals. <laughs> the horses like both. Australia's obviously quite big on feeding chaff, which most people in Germany would not have heard of. We don't feed chaff here. We obviously feed roughage but in form of hay rather than in chaff. But I don't think there's that many differences. Germany tends to overfeed on hay a bit, but that's my personal opinion.
0: Okay. Now, Steph, what about your future? What are your plans in the future? What are you looking forward to?
1: I'm really happy to be back in Australia. I'm very excited to be here and very excited to have started my own business in Morelia, New South Wales, so I'm hoping to make it a very successful business doing adjusting, schooling, and coaching. I would also like to keep progressing myself as both a coach and a rider and become competitive again. Okay. I'm looking forward to a lot of things.
0: Good, good. Steph, can you sum up your philosophy into a lesson today for our listeners?
1: I think my philosophy is to be really structured with everything one does, be it if one is going into the horse industry to work there or as a rider, coach, trainer. Being really structured and staying patient with it would definitely be really important. Um, I always aim for a partnership with my horses and work very hard to achieve that. Success ultimately incorporates willingness to accept criticism and that reflects on one's training. So I just always strive to. Better and learn more.
0: Okay, good. Now, contact details, Steph, if people need to contact you.
1: Yes, I have a Facebook page which is Steph Bender Equestrian. I do answer my messages on there. You can also contact me via phone, either message or phone call, which is 0411 93 651.
0: That um, will be also on horsechats.com slash Steph Bender. Okay, thanks very much for talking to us today, Steph. It's been delightful, engaging. With, um... Thank
1: you, it's my pleasure.
0: <laughs> All right, and hopefully we'll get you back again sometime. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe.